Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He's performed, but he has never performed like the way that he's performing like right now. My God! If you could only watch three wrestling matches, what would they be and why? This is what I'm asking some of wrestling's best. In the ring, outside the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me once again on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Joining me today is, I think you've you've been in the UK enough for us to call you British wrestling royalty, sir. Oh, uh... We're nearly there, I think. <laughs> you kind of married like into the family a bit, like Meghan Markle. I, I guess, but it's, it's I, don't, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess I'm looking at it in terms of like, uh, I guess I'm looking at it in terms of like what it shows on my bank statement right now for royalty. So like, we'll, we'll say I'm like a play cousin, like I'm, I'm a British play cousin or something like that until until bank statement and I guess clout reflects. So like yeah. that that makes sense. That makes sense. British cousin, then British play cousin, Sugar Duncan turns. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Like um, I'm out here. I'm actually. Uh, Actually, beforehand, I was enjoying one of my favorite uh, scary movies, which is uh, being alone in the dark with with our thoughts. Yes, that is quite a scary. That is one of the <laughs> scariest of all the horror films. There is there is you know what there is nothing that a a movie a, a movie company can can conjure up that is worse than your deep dark thoughts at about half eleven at night. Have you ever you ever seen a you ever seen regular show like like have you yeah. ever seen that? first of all first of all i love their show to no end and second of all like that's one of the most underrated lines from that show and it comes from uh the character pops who's probably the most whimsical character on that show there's something about when a very whimsical character says something very dark and it just kind of gets glanced over that just always gets a laugh for me like i love it i absolutely love it it's the whole thing about about really nice people swearing and oh yeah because the, the power of a swear uh when you don't swear very often because it gives gives a swear the power that it's meant to have oh yeah it's impactful then yeah. and in a world where everything we're kind of in that world right now where um everything kind of has dulled meaning because everything is so oversaturated so like the fact that you know you could still get a reaction out of oh they said the, the bad oh they said a bad word yeah. and i felt it yeah, it goes a long way. It's so, yeah. so true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, you, it does. Although we we joke about you being royal family, you do. It does feel like you pretty much live in the UK these days. Is this the fifth tour now? It is the fifth tour. Um, last year, I, I I'll say I probably did like half and half. I did half in the states and then half um, here. This tour, uh, I think when everything's tallied up, 
I will have done eight months on this side and then four months back at home. So I definitely wasn't expecting that to be the case, but here we are. It, it, it wasn't meant to sort of be this many. I feel like, I think the first time you came was quite a long time and you sort of fell in love with it very quickly. Yeah, like when I, fir- when I first came by, it was it was like for a month and some change. And then it turned to three months and then it turned to six months. And then I think there was another three and then no, no, no. I think it was like another three, and then we had the the haul that was that was damn near six months, and then I know we talked about cursing, but like I, I think hell and damn sometimes. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, cool. Those are those are light, and then um those are those are non-fat curse words. That's what I like to call them, <laughs> and then um and then yeah, and then now we're on the one that I'm on right now. So yeah, that's that's pretty much how it all ended up. It's just. I go off of the demand and the supply and the supply and the demand as business uh, dictates. And I'm always joke around about I'm a guy. I'm a guy open and flexible to a destiny. I'm just looking for one. Like people always tell me, why don't you sit down? It's like, why don't you know, you should stay rooted somewhere and all this other stuff like that. I'll stay rooted when I have a reason to be. When, so you, I'm just kind when you of, find something yeah. that is like this is it this is if i if i got told this is going to be me for the rest of my life i'm cool with this but sure. it's okay to reach that point and have not found that yet yes and no but like in it where i'm at but i get completely what you're saying but i'm a man adaptable and very open to a uh to a destiny i'm just waiting to find one or for one to find me so in the meantime, I just got to keep searching stuff out. That's all. Uh, a lot of searching in the UK at the moment. Um, now, I asked this question to David Starr, who now lives over here. Um, British customs that confuse you and British customs you love. Go for it. Oh, we're having this conversation. Okay. Oh, we're getting straight uh... in, sugar. And it's, and, it's, and it's okay if it's, if, it's, if it's stuff that seems like it, you should be cast out for not liking. That's, that's no, part no, of the joy no. of it. No, we're talking about it. No, because I, I feel like I have to defend myself in some cases. Um, like, first of all, I don't see the problem with if I want my tea to taste like pure sugar, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. I come from um, the South in America, not South America, like like Mexico or anything like that, but the southern states of America. And there we have southern sweet tea, which is also iced. I have a tendency to put egregious amounts of sugar in my tea whether it's hot or whether it's cold. I don't need the crazy looks for it. I don't I don't want it. I don't I don't care for them. That's how I want it. I want my tea to taste like candy. I will put honey in it too on top of that if it if I feel like it accents it. I know there's the whole milk. You probably shouldn't overdo it with the sugar, things of that nature. I don't necessarily put milk in my tea. I've tried it before. It's not that I don't like it. It's just not it's not my speed. But I will, I will pour egregious amounts of sugar in my tea, and you know, it, at least it's like you know the brown sugar or whatever it is, so it's not as bad. But that's how I want it. That's how I like it. That's how I'm gonna eat it. Um, never understood the whole beans thing for uh, <laughs> breakfast, especially like uh, I'm a big fan of foods that have like a runoff. I'm not a big fan of them touching on my plate. <laughs> so you'll have this nice plate of like you got the sausages you've got the the hash browns or the chips you've got the you've got the the bacon you know the eggs everything everything's slamming and then you have the nerve to take this big heaping helping of beans and just throw it 
right on the plate, not even in his own separate bowl. And then on top of that, you put it right in the middle so the juices just contaminate everything else that's on the plate. Do you, not, do you not dip the sausage into the beans then? Is that an absolute no? Oh, dude. <laughs> why, are you, why are you telling me that? It's like a dipping sauce combined no, with a food no, stuff. It is, but it's not. It really isn't. It really isn't. And like, it'd be different if it was like, if it was like the beans were like hooked up a different way. Like, like in America, I've seen, I've seen them where they got the cured beans where it's like, it's, it's, it's in brown sugar a little bit and they got some other stuff like a season in a certain way but it's just plain baked beans slapped dead in the middle of it and then it touches my toast and I like to put jam and, and butter on my toast but now you got this weird end or possibly half of the toast that's soaked in bean juice and now it's no good now it's no good either I have to do surgery and eat half the toast or I just no I don't even want the toast anymore I did not want that sop and bean juice like no that was it's wrong I, I don't want it the same way that you're talking about me on some tea I respect what you're doing. Just don't put the beans on my plate or put it in a separate bowl. That's how I roll. Um, also, uh, I do like the fact that any kind of candy you get over here, especially if we're talking about chocolate, usually it's, it's just enough on the sugar content. So it's not overdone. Like, you start realizing just how much sugar you we overdo things by um, when you eat our candy versus when you have our candy. Like, it's real smooth over here. Over on our side, it is an attack to the senses. And it's like they want you to they it's like they want you to go into a diabetic. I think it's their their way of doing population control, which is just <laughs> we're just gonna start giving people candy and the ones who just keep doing it, they'll uh get diabetes and then everything else will take care of itself. You know, it's 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 some weird stuff. I never got on with Hershey's though. Really? No, I just it's this there's a weird sourness to it that I can't quite place. Like, in my I, opinion, I, as a journalist. Again, I've never uh I've never had that same opinion of it when it's all said and done. But even then it's like, you know how like the content is different depending on where you go. If you get an imported Hershey's, sure. But I feel like if you get one where it's like uh where it's like it's made here and it's made so that, you know, it 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 lives up, I guess, to the sugar tax and all that other stuff like that. It's it's not so bad. And even but I wouldn't even come here for Hershey's anyway. I got plenty of that at home. Like, you know, y'all have Cadbury and all that other stuff like that. So like that stuff is great. Like I love it. It's it's good stuff. But notice all my stuff is pretty much food related. Everything else is like uh everything else is okay. Um I love I love the concept of weather spoons. I wish it stayed open all night, kind of like how we have stuff in the States that stays open all night, especially, you know, with us being in a business where we're on the road a lot and we're running around. It'd be nice if we got someplace we know we could poke our head into all night. But I know uh, 24 hour anything is like a weird concept over here. Are you have you been told the the story behind the name Weatherspoon? No. Do we to blow your mind why it's called Weatherspoon? Please. Please, please, please okay. educate me. The guy who invented Weatherspoon um, is a guy called Tim Martin. He named it after one of his teachers at school who said he would never amount to anything. <laughs> so every, so everywhere this teacher went and everywhere the family of this teacher went, there's their name, named after a guy 
who their, their, their ancestor told wouldn't amount to anything. That's high key petty. I know, right? And, and, and it's like the only, and it's like the only reason anybody will ever know your name is because I gave it, of gave it credence to this chain of restaurants that you'll never be able to escape. Oh my god. Feel free next time you're in a spoons to share that whilst you're waiting for your five pound burger and a beer. For the record, for the record, now that this has happened, anybody that's listening to this podcast, um, I've I've made it a known fact that the people that love me, I I love them, and the people who don't love me, I love them even harder. <laughs> so like for the people who don't love me, if I ever sign a contract and they make me change my name, I may have to apply this. I, I will think <laughs> of the person that's hated on me the hardest. And I will actually use their last name as my Like, if I wanted to be that guy, I would just use their full name and then just try to uh-huh. press and talk to whatever creative and just be like, hey, like, like, there's nothing better, now that I think about it, if we were talking about in high-level petty, of taking a name that you've had for your whole life, usurping it and making more of it than you ever did when one of the things that you did was you hated on me my like on my achievements and then i took your name and made it more than it ever was during your life and times it's, oh that's crazy it's stunning isn't it isn't it brilliant wow that's some talented mr ripley stuff man so we're sending you sugar onto a desert island Mm-hmm. We are giving you a DVD, and on that DVD, we're burning three wrestling matches that you are happy to watch the bejesus out of until the, you are saved from the island or you manage to build a raft. Uh, so, uh, what is the first wrestling match that you're going to put on this DVD, Sugar? I have a small caveat, just just so that like my suspension of disbelief isn't messed up here. So, you're sending me you're sending me with a DVD player. So, there's assumption that there's electricity on the island, or is there a portable DVD player? And I Solar just happen powered. to have a bunch of batteries. Solar powered. I don't want to be rescued then. <laughs> I'll figure it out. You're the first person. <laughs> you're the first person in the 11 weeks we've done this show. You're the first person <laughs> to go. How are we powering the DVD player? <laughs> I'm a details guy. Man. I love like, it. Like, People don't people don't think that way because I'm very aloof, but it's like I'm a details guy. I need to know if we have solar power. I may not. They can take everybody else. I may not go. <laughs> like like it's cool, man. Like, uh, have you seen the life and times out there in some places? Like I, I'm good. Like just let them know that they have to pay my trans from like whatever this island is, and you know I'll I'll still wrestle. It'll be a treat. You know? <laughs> There's figure it out. been quite a few times where we've done this and I've gone. You know what? I don't mind don't mind the sound of this island as it is. So I'm with all right. <laughs> okay. It just depends where it's situated. Okay. So, all right. DVD, three matches burnt on this solar power DVD player. Yes, uh, indeed, sir. What's your first okay. one going to be? All right. I, when, I, when you told me about this, the concept, I thought about it. I thought about past. I thought about past something. I thought about something very old. I thought about something like in the middle times. And then I thought about something modern, so we'll go in that we'll go in that order. If we were going off of something old, um, just because I know I've seen it as many times as I've seen it, and I'll never stop watching it. If I were going off of something old, it would be uh, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania Five. The Mega Power Exposed here at WrestleMania Five. 
even though recent issues have kind of made it where uh, we, we can't enjoy Hulk the way that we once did, like we, you can read into that how you want to read into that. Um, in a time capsule, in a bubble, this match is uh, absolutely brilliant. Um, this is the kind of stuff that I talk about when I say like uh, they don't storytell like they used to anymore. They knew they wanted to do this match a year before it even happened. And then everything they did up to that point was laid out so that it got the maximum potential of this match when it finally came about. So, like, they, th like I was fortunate enough where, first of all, this is the first match that I have any memory of as a, uh, as a child. And then second, I was fortunate enough that I have all the major events on VHS tape that led to this match. So I could literally, like, trace the timeline of it. But, it, you know, it started all the way back in WrestleMania 4, where, like, Hogan helped Macho to get to the championship. You know what I'm saying? So then they became good friends, so on and so forth, the mega powers. And then there was that whole thing where Randy basically kind of got warped by his success and he he got paranoid by it like if you've ever seen the movie american gangster um you know your success takes a shot at you so what are you supposed to do are you supposed to be successful and have enemies or are you supposed to be unsuccessful and have friends you know take a you know take a look at it because now he finally got to the pinnacle he's got the championship and he has somebody in hulk hogan who's got his back to help him keep the enemies off him. And this is the first time for a long stretch that we've seen Hulk Hogan without the championship. But as time goes on, you start seeing the paranoia start to build in Macho Man's character. They're after my championship. They're after my woman. There was that incident after they won the big tag match at SummerSlam where Hulk gives that hug that goes on just a little too long with Liz. And this is supposed to be like a happy moment where they over, overcame the bad guys. And, you know, Macho's looking at Hulk like, dude, you know, what the hell? Like, you all up on my woman. Like, what's going on? And he's he's having to explain to him, like, yo, it's it's not like that. I'm, I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend. But more situations like that start coming up until finally he loses it. And then he's even alienating his own life at this at this. Well, I don't think they were married storyline at the time. So like he was just married. He was just alienating like, you know, his, his love next to him too. So then it finally leads to this match. So by the intention of things, Hulk is the good guy. He was just trying to be a good friend to Randy. Randy has lost his complete ever loving mind to the point where he's even alienated the closest people next to him. And it's all because he thinks they're coming after what he's got. If you noticed in the promo, Macho, when, before Macho attacks Hogan for the first time, if you notice when he's talking to him, he was like, if you wanted a shot at my title, all you had to do was ask. You didn't have to go through her. So he's not even so much mad that he's going after his woman. He thinks it's a it's a uh, way to circumvent or to get his attention so that he could come after his championship. So, you know, in most cases, you would think the guy cares about his, the person he's dating more than the championship. But he still found a way to tie it all around. You just wanted a shot at my title, and you came after the next closest thing to get at me. Oh, my God, that storytelling. I love it. And even as a kid, like, you could put the pieces together. So as an adult, you saw how deep I just dove into that, man. And then the match perfectly showcased that because Hogan's not trying to step to Randy. 
He's not trying to hurt this man. He's not trying to make this bland man bleed. He's not trying to cripple him. If anything, he's trying to wrestle him with a sense of honor and dignity the whole match. And Macho's throwing all that out the window. He's willing to take it there. So it's like, look, you know, let's be real. You came after this. I'm I'm doing everything I can to protect what's mine. And, you know, he busts Hogan open on the way. All this other stuff like that. There's all these dips and turns. Everybody's wondering what Liz is going to do and who she's going to side with because she made an entrance all to herself. All this other stuff like that. She eventually gets thrown out because she's too much of a distraction for both guys. But Macho literally was a dude who got done in by his own paranoia and his own hubris. And that's like some Shakespeare stuff being told in wrestling. And, you know, Hulk Hogan becomes the champion again for, I believe, I want to say it was like the third time around that time. I think it was his third, yes. Yeah. So, because then there was the Bret Hart, there was the Bret Hart one. And then I think he picked it up one more time. I think he won it back from Slaughter. And then he picked it, he won it back from Slaughter, which was the fourth. He picked it up again after that whole deal with Yokozuna and then him beating Brett and then him, you know, WrestleMania well, nine. Man. Yeah, that was that's that correct. Was, that was all the fun. And yep. then and then and with then, the and then the undisputed championship he bagged it in 02, didn't he? That's correct. And then Regal cut that like incredibly underrated promo where he's talking crap about Hulkamania and what it means and he has tea time with Hogan and all this other stuff. That that felt like it was in another universe, but it was still awesome. But regardless, um, as a match, even as a match, even on its own, it's awesome. But when you think about like all the buildup that came into play, which they tell so very nicely in the video package, like, man, that's that's what we that's what we come to see, man. It's like the story, man. And I, I feel like there's not enough of that in professional wrestling. I think it's great. And what's so, yeah. amazing is, is that all these years on, you've been able to, to to sit with me today and recount that blow for blow for blow. It is that etched in your mind. And that is a story told over a year. You don't have that kind of storytelling anymore in wrestling, it seems. <laughs> oh, and and let's let's uh, let me give you another testament of how good that story was. WrestleMania five was in nineteen eighty nine. Um, I, I like I I I don't care. I'll I'll I'm not I'm not abashed about my age. Um, I was born in 1985. To see, we were alive when this up, but not to comprehend it when it came out. But I could dust off a VHS tape and watch it and completely understand it, and not only enjoy it from that young age, but then see more layers as I grow up and get all of that out of that too. So that's something that got better as we went along. Uh, I think it's a bit of a testament to how wrestling is nowadays because we've never been in a time where people could do more and the, I guess, work rate of matches has been so good. But there's like a match of the year contender like every other week. Like, quote unquote, match of the year contender like every other week. How many of them do we actually remember? more of your matches a little bit later on in the interview and uh, and, the, and the one thing that makes you stand out now and you say in this era where there's matches of the year like every single week it's it's that work ethic and that drive to make yourself and your brand stand out and I've always been uh, I've always been a bit in awe of how you carry yourself online sugar how so? Because you're really open about your feelings your hopes your dreams your ambitions you're very you 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 
come over as very self-motivated in terms of like build matches that you've got coming up. And I don't see a whole lot of people doing stuff like that. I look at how I started in this business a lot and it's like, I don't know, maybe I still have that, uh, maybe I still have, I'm not gonna say a chip on my shoulder, but there's, there's still something there that's never quite healed from when I first started, but it's kind of a carryover from like my real life. Um, I always feel like I had to work that little bit harder for things. And I'm not saying that it was necessarily easy. I'm not saying it was necessarily easier for my contemporaries or for others, but I always feel like I'm in that mode where um, it's like, oh, well, they don't expect this of you or, oh, um, you've got this working against you or you've got that working against you or they just don't see you like that or you don't know that person or you don't have this pedigree or that family name or this person to vouch for you. So if you really want this, you're going to have to do this, 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 this. Oh, yeah, and you're going to have to take a detour and go do this just to get this. Whereas it might be A, B, C, D, E, F, the way it's supposed to go for other people. And um, I, I, I think sometimes it's that way in wrestling as well, too, for me. So it's like, I, I, I feel like sometimes when I post something, I'm not the guy that's just going to get um, 5,000 retweets or this many likes off the rip just because. So I have to be... I have to be my own biggest marketer, my own biggest advertiser, my own biggest believer first before anybody else is going to buy into it. And sometimes I still don't think I'm where I need to be, but there's no use lying about it or there's no use not being honest about it because I feel like there's a bunch of people who can relate and they feel the same way and they think that they're never going to get anything or what they want out of it. And if even I can have one person that's like, you know what? I do need to keep doing or I do need to try this because look, even he doesn't know how this is going to work out or that doesn't work out. There's a big problem to me. I feel in wrestling where there's a lot of people social media wise in this business who like to make it look more gilded or glittery than it really is. And I think in some ways you're doing a disservice to people who really need to know how this works or you have a platform and I don't think you're using it the way you should be used. And that's my opinion. You can feel free to disagree with it. I think it's it's not just with wrestling. It's a, it's a social media thing in general is that you'll see a lot of people who will seem to always be living their best life. And you have, and, and you you only have to scrape a tiny bit under the surface to realize that's not the case. But uh, but this is why I, I find you online so refreshing is because you are one of the very few people that is very. I always felt like I had to do that anyway because it's like I always feel like I had to do that anyway. But like, I mean, the proof is in just looking around. To me, it's like there's more options than there's there's more options than there's ever been. There's uh, so many slots and so many things that have started to open up and started to come true. I, I'm unabashed about the fact that I do think sometimes there's all the talent in the world out there. So what gets you to that point? What gets you to that next point if everybody is of a high talent, a talent caliber these days? So now you got to look at it. It's who you know. It's what gets gift. It's uh, who goes viral, all this other stuff like that. 
that can be a bit of a problem sometimes when you're a storyteller in the age of ADD. Not that, uh, not that I knock how things go or you got to go with the flow and everything like that. But I've literally seen people get booked now off of the fact that they did something cool that they almost died on, but didn't. And it went viral. So let's, let's put them everywhere. Let's do something with them. Let's, let's do something with that. Cause everybody's paying attention. Whereas you've got people that are a little bit more curated that can tell that story that can go in there and they try to use the tools that they have to make something of, and maybe they don't get on as quickly or they don't get on at all. Um, again, it's one of those don't hate the player, hate the game situations. I'm not a hater. I let people do what they, what they got to do. It's not like I haven't put stuff out and sometimes it gets some views or it doesn't get some views, but that's, what we live in right now so my thing is i think especially in that whole living your best life era nobody needs to catch you slipping online um it doesn't necessarily make me the most attractive to people in our business because i don't necessarily fit the bill of trying to well let me introduce you to a term i don't know i don't know if you've heard it or not i i don't flex for the ground I'm not that guy. Like, I, like I, I'm not necessarily doing stuff for the likes. Whereas you're encouraged to kind of do stuff for the likes and the flex for the ground. And um, I'm not necessarily that guy. If if things are bad, they're bad. I'm gonna call a spade. I'm gonna call a spade a spade, and we're gonna move forward. If things are good, they're good. I'm going to call a spade a spade, and I'm going to move forward. And that's where we're at. In some cases, a lot of people are just better off not talking about that or feeling like they shouldn't dive into that because sometimes that guy being a little real about what's not right is a reflection on what's not going right for them and they don't want to be introduced to that for better or for worse. So, oh man, this is weird because it's like uh, I'm the happy fun guy. I guess being a little bit too existential, but I'm, no, no, I'm this doing is, it. no. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, I have stuff that, that regarding sort of mental health and things like that that I yeah. want to talk about later in the podcast. But we are, sure. we are straight in there, matey. I say we, we, uh, <laughs> we, we, we roll, we roll with the tide on this. Um, yeah. But, but you, but you are very much, and, and I think, and do you know, what? I think it's really important that that me and you sit and talk like this because I think this is going to be a bit of a cold bath for a few people because I think a, a lot of people. Um, very much talk to me the same way I see people talk to you in the sense that they go, here is a guy who is permanently happy, permanently enthusiastic. Oh my God, I need what he's got. Da, 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 da. But what they don't realize and, and you, and, and I think, I think sometimes seeing how raw you are online and, and I, and when I, I, I fell in love with you years ago and I'm, and I met you for the very first time last year and it was a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan as well as everything else. I mean, it was a, a bit of a starstruck moment. I seem to remember that you were, it was a show in Middlesbrough and, the end of the night, I came over and I said, I've, I've been a big fan since Chikara. And you were so gracious and so wonderful. And uh, and we, we we stay in touch through Twitter. And you're just very, like you say, you have this, you know, you have the, you, you are a fun-loving guy. But sometimes things, as you say, are real. And, and it's the same, it's the same with me as well, in the sense that you have this persona that is this light and happy character, but you know what? We, we, when we go dark, we go dark and it happens yeah. and it's, and it's I mean, not talked about it, enough. 
and it's it, like it's okay. I think like uh, like I, I I don't like sometimes I just don't know what people want from me, you know. And it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a trapping at times because um, I don't know. Like there there's more to it. Like I think that I think that it's perfectly okay to be able to be open about that kind of stuff and just be able to say from time to time. I'm not a guy that's constantly on social media or in my life constantly like, this sucks. I've seen people like that. This sucks. That sucks. This is terrible. I don't like that. This is bad. I can't deal with people like that. But I think it's perfectly normal to be like, yo, today sucked. Or this sucked and here's why. But that's not my that's not my platform. That's not my total focus. It's me acknowledging it and me making the conscious choice to be like, all right, it's been said, it's been acknowledged. This is what I plan to do about it, or I can't do anything about it, but this is what I can do going forward. Then I'm gonna go forward. And I'm and I'm okay with that. Like I'm fine with that. And I think people need to start getting okay with that concept. I can still be happy, but acknowledge that things are not okay. And I, I, like I think that's perfectly fine. A lot of people are in this mode nowadays where it's better to just pretend. Like it's it's the whole block button concept. But in life, um, I've I've told people before I'm not a fan of the block button. Um, it, it's become one of those cases where um, everybody's like, well, I don't need this kind of negativity in my life. Block. Block, 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 block. You can do that. That's not going to necessarily... And, and, and in some cases, I completely get it, and I understand it. But some people's natural reflex is the block button, and the block button, to me, is kind of almost a... It's a... Not a scapegoat, but it's almost like trying to... It's trying to create, like, a, a wall between you and the fact that, yes, you got people who don't understand things the way you understand them. You've got people who don't want to understand things the way that you understand them. You got people who hate you for no reason. You'll have people that hate you for a reason. There's negativity out there in the world. You blocking it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist anymore. You've just curated it so that I don't see this. But then you don't know how to react or apply yourself to situations where you have no other choice but to face it. I could at least be able to say that if I'm if negativity is thrown at me and it's based off of my life and times, I can deal with it. Like you can throw whatever it is at me and like, yeah, I might get down about it or I might get beat up. I might not even sell it at all, but I know how to move forward from it. Do you find I, that took time like though? Do you find that that took time to to reach that point? Where you could where where you could have a hundred nice comments and there's the one that is almost backlit, which is saying something negative <laughs> about you. Like, well, well, sure. Like, like, but the thing about it is, it's like it's it's a it's a tolerance. Like anything else, it has to be built. There was a time long ago where yes, there'd be that one negative comment in the bunch, or more so in my case, there'd be a bunch of negative comments and maybe a few like likable comments in there where um you know i'd have to say something about it or i'd have to say something mean back or it's like oh no screw you you're wrong i'm you're, i'm right and here's why and all this other stuff like that and then after a while it's just like you know if i block them and they find out i block them 
then that's just them championing the fact that I was so bothered that they they go and they brag about how I blocked them. If I if I come at them angrily, then they know they got a response out of me that was what they wanted in the first place because half the time they're trying to troll you or they just want emotions reflected back just to know that you cared. So they still win that way. The best thing I could do is just acknowledge the fact that, okay, you hate me, man, or you don't like my style of wrestling, or you think I'm this terrible person even though deep down I know I'm not or whatever it is. We're in a social media age. Everybody gets to have an opinion, even if it's not right. Enjoy your opinion. I'm just going to go with, I'm just going to flow with mine and I'm going to move forward. And it's that whole best revenge is living well. So I'm going to do the best I can to live well, even if I'm not necessarily living well right now. And I don't want to live in a world. I don't personally, if I get to curate my world, I don't want to live in a world where I'm having to fake that negativity doesn't exist or that it can't get to me or that it can't touch me because then it's because then it's it's being super unrealistic. Me, I am going to smile even in the face of all the weird stuff that is happening, or I'm at least going to try. That's my platform. That got heavy for... quick, didn't it? it? Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it to go there uh, that quick, but it was. I, but I'm really glad that we we got to it because, as I say, like it's like I, I get very much compared to you by 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 peers, and it's nice that we can sit here and talk honestly and go. Do you know what? We come across as uh, all right, but sometimes it's not, and this is what yeah. we do. And I think that's gonna. I, I personally think that's gonna be empowering for somebody to listen to that and go. I heard the two happiest people in the world talk about how sometimes they have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I think that's big. I think that's a big deal for people. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, I think people should have known what it was the moment I started. The moment I quoted that uh, my favorite scary movie line right there. So like, <laughs> I feel like I, I, I laid the again details. I laid the seeds as to what this was going to be. Like if you if you like dark humor, this is the one for you. Your second match choice, then, sir. What have we got? What have we got? All right. So now we go with something that's uh, that's a little. That's that's modern, but not quite. That's modern, but not quite modern. And again, you'll notice a uh, you'll notice a trend. I always like to go. I, there's always story behind things, right? So my latest my latest modern one, and this this was this was tough. So I got to give an honorable mention before I tell what the next modern one was. Um, CM Punk versus John Cena for Money in the Bank. This was my honorable mention. I adore this match to no end. I do. Like, I absolutely love this match. Um, There's every reason to love it because of the fact of the circumstances that brought that match into play. Um, The fact that it's wrestled like an actual match. It's not a smooth match. It's not a pretty match. It's a battle of two wills, two different styles the atmosphere that was going on, everything to that effect. It's every reason why I love this match. The only reason that etched it out is because there's two reasons why I didn't put it as my number two. One, it's almost a bit, it's almost a bit too modern for what, for where I want to be at right now. And the other reason was I feel like it kind of lost its sense of impact over time just because of what would happen to CM Punk going forward 
Um, but that's a whole nother conversation. It doesn't change the fact that it's still a great match. It doesn't change the fact that it's still a great lead up. I think they kind of screwed up the aftermath after having such a hot moment and whatnot, but it is what it is. Um, if there was a DVD extra, that would be the one. Okay. All right. The number two one that the number two one that I'm going to, uh, that I'm going to pick, uh, just for the sake of just how this all came together is going to be uh, of how this all came together is going to be Bret Hart versus Diesel. I want to say it was Survivor Series. The screw job was 97, right? So this would have been off the top of my head Survivor Series 95. That was the one with the wild card one and they had the crazy Joshi Survivor Series match like like all these Japanese girls and Alundra Blaze in it and they like wrecked it. Like they just wrecked it. They were doing stuff they had no business doing. Um, I believe that was so it was not we're gonna go at 95 you know I kind of feel a little bit like Wayne Gretzky you know where I have to ask myself you know year in year out and right up to this very day I gotta go am I still the best the best ever the best there was the best there ever will be and you know today I'm gonna find out but I'm going in that ring diesel the truck stops here because you're gonna be excellently executed just like I said because you don't have the technical ability to get past the excellence of execution and diesel it's gonna be a dog fight but you are going down a big guy like me we go to the 20 minute mark I might be at a little bit of a disadvantage like I've said before hitman big daddy cool hey I ain't punching no clock I ain't getting paid by the hour that's right big daddy cool's going in there to do one thing and one thing only High impact, power maneuvers like only Big Daddy Cool can do. You know, the World Wrestling Federation for the last year, Brett's been running on diesel power. Hey, now I might add, quite nicely and quite efficiently. Survivor Series, Brett. You know what? It's kind of ironic, but I doubt you'll survive. This is uh, kayfabe 364 days into Diesel's title reign or whatever. Like yes. we are like so close to a plateau, to a milestone, and he's yes. facing Bret Hart in the main event of Survivor Series. Yes, this is also this is also uh, the debut of Ahmed Johnson. Ah. Who, who, who would go on to bring his style of angry black wrestling to the WWE for like a uh, good, good, good few years as far as it goes. One of my favorites um, from that time frame. Still one of my favorites, but for different reasons. Uh, anyway, Bret Hart versus Diesel. The reason why I dug this match is these guys already have a bit of a storied history, but um, it's right back to that whole battle of wills and the way that it, this was built. I love the promos beforehand on this where Diesel was just straight up saying like, you know, because first of all, when Brett is getting interviewed on this match, Brett is talking about like how he's going to, you know, technical excellence. He's going to wear him down. I, like, I love the way they did the promos because this was an example of guys not doing yelly um, back in the day WWE promos where it's like, well, let me tell you something mean, Gene, about what I'm going to do to such and such when I get him in the ring. It was very pure sports build, almost in the way that they were doing, because they acknowledged their history. They acknowledged the fact that they've went at it for Intercontinental. They've had world title matches. These were the results, yada, yada, yada. So Brett's explaining his strategy going into this match. I'm going to wear him out, yada, 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 and then I'm going to find a way to break this guy down, et cetera, et cetera. This is when we really started seeing Diesel start to form more of his Kevin Nash promo style, and we started realizing, like, oh, dude can talk. And he's like, he just can't talk. He could talk well 
on top of that, too, because I love the fact that he was talking about, I don't know what Bret Hart's talking about. He's talking as if we're about to go out there and have this hour-long classic or something like that. I don't get paid by the hour out here. I'm going to use my power. I'm going to break this guy down. I'm going to put this thing away early. And then I'm going, you know, and then I'm going home, which is absolutely awesome logic for a guy that's built like, that looks like, that wrestles like Diesel. I'm not out here trying to go a long time. Um, it kind of backdoor goes into my stance about everybody thinks a good wrestling match has to has to be like 12 minutes plus. Not necessarily. It's all how it's worked. And like we watch boxing, we watch. Uh, UFC all the time where the matches don't go the distance. Like sometimes they just get taken home early. And I love this mentality about it. He's like, I'm going to boot this guy. I'm going to powerbomb this guy. I'm going to be done with it. And that's that. Because he's not playing in the Bret Hart's wheelhouse, which I love. The other thing about this match was this was a no holds barred match, which for the time was completely crazy for WWFE, whatever you want to call it at this time. This was also the introduction, I believe, of the first table bump that ever happened in WWFE, too, because they had that real ugly bump Brett took where uh, Diesel's, like, shaking the ropes, and then he just gives that hard shake, and Brett flies off into the table at ringside, which was, like, crazy to me at the time. If you were watching ECW, this was no consequence to you. But, like, if you were mostly on WWF, oh, my God. Like, Brett. This was a sign that the ECW style was was, was clearly being observed. Yeah. Even take a look at how that match started. Because Diesel was already on his... He already was sized up on Brett. He, He let him know from the beginning, I've got more size, I got more height on you. But I love the way that Brett didn't back down. He's been in this situation with Diesel before, just not in a no-holds-bar situation. And Brett's almost giving him this look during the match where it's like, if you think this whole height thing and the size thing is going to back me up, no, it, it, it does nothing for me. What else you got? So what does Diesel do? Diesel goes to the turnbuckle pad and starts taking the turnbuckle pad off. So Brett's like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing? He goes and he starts taking his turnbuckle pad off. So already it's like, if you, if you want to go there will go there and they start going at it and i love they talk about how styles make matches this is a perfect example because every time diesel is just trying to just overpower overwhelm just beat the crap out of brett every chance he gets brett's trying to weather the, weather the storm he's rope doping yes he's being meaner when he can and trying to utilize the step where he can get it but, like, he's also trying to wear this guy down so that he can do something with him in a in an applicable way. You've even got the bit where he takes the camera cord and he ties up Diesel to the, um, to the corner. And Diesel doesn't realize it until he gets up and he realizes that his leg is caught. So Brett is just wearing him out the whole time because he can't get full stance and he can't move anywhere. And Diesel still finds a way to fight after that because he just boots him with the other leg and then he finds a way to get loose. And even the way that he's selling it, where it's like, oh, you thought that's what you were going to do to me, huh? And then he just starts killing him for his troubles. And then what beats Diesel when it's all said and done? A small package of all things. A wrestling hold in a no-holds-barred match because he got too confident, he got too cocky, he thought Brett was done, and he didn't finish the job. I love this match. It's great, isn't it? It's so good. And and what's, what's one of those matches that... 
in, in, in history might not stand out, but the way that you've you've recanted it there has made you realize actually this is quite an important match in the timeline of wrestling in general. This is uh, yeah. you know this changes the shape of WrestleMania thirteen. This you know the, and 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 then that changes again, which is kind of and it almost begins the journey of uh, of Shawn Michaels. And it's yeah, it's an, it's an, it's a powerful match. It's a powerful. I love match. I love it, man. Like I love that whole pay per view. And um, like from top to bottom, and that just capped it. And I just remember at that time, like man, like like seeing it, I was like, man, I can't believe they, wow, you know, like the way I, I the way I was just looking at it, I was just like, I couldn't believe that they offered us this. Like I really, really dug it. Where were you? Um, where were you? Where were you watching this from? What was what was what was Sugar Dunkerton doing when he was watching this show? It was a VHS tape at a uh, at. I think like the movie gallery at the time when I saw it. So like, um, I remember, I just remember like, Oh, this looks cool. Like just looking at the card and stuff like that. I was like, Oh, this looks cool. Let's just see. And I just remember it being such a style change because you had that big, uh, you had the opening match, which was like the one, two, three kid and his team versus like, uh, well, no, it was the one, two, three kid after he turned heel. Versus like Marty Jannetty and his team, so you had a bunch of lighter guys, and then you had like Brad Radford in there too. So like he was like thicker, but he was doing like faster paced stuff and suplexes and stuff, and like they were doing off the wall stuff. There was even like a power bomb off the top rope in that match. So you saw like all sorts of weird. It it just messed me up. I just remember that pay per view messing me up because you had matches where like heels were tagging with faces, people were doing like weird just crazy stuff for the time frame you had that all women's uh you had that all women's survivor series where they were doing like sky twister presses and stiffing each other and backhands and all this other stuff dropping each other on each other's heads and then you had a main event that wasn't like any other main event that they ever had at the time so like things were absolutely changing and it was messing up what i thought wrestling was at the time so i was like oh, okay this is really different you mentioned then, um, yeah. you mentioned Ahmed Johnson uh, for this show stands out to you. Um, yes. What what was it about Ahmed Johnson? It's the way they brought him in. Um, they had the vignettes at first, and they weren't happy, bubbly vignettes. <clears throat> this was more of that whole WWE getting real again. So they were there were these moments where you know Ahmed would come out and. He was just uh, Ahmed. Ahmed would have the vignettes where he was talking about where, how he was raised, uh, you know, where he came from in the streets, um, single mom household, you know, like um, doing what he had to do to to make to make ends meet, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like this wasn't happy, bubbly, bubblegum character. Like this wasn't like Coco Beware we're talking about. This was some dude that like, you know, he really resonated on a on a different tip, and then. They're bringing him in on his debut alongside Shawn Michaels, alongside British Bulldog, alongside, uh, I, I want to say maybe Sid was on that team because they mixed everybody up on those teams and whatnot. I've so. got it in front of me now. So it was Armour Johnson, the British Bulldog, Shawn Michaels, and Psycho Sid. Yep, I got it. So like, um, that was also that one where British Bulldog came in and did that weird elbow out of nowhere that didn't hit, and then Razor Ramon still got the pin. Even the mess-ups in that match were great, but it was still fun. But um, they brought him in in a high-profile situation. So it's like, this ain't just a debut in a squash. This is like a debut where you already tangoing with, like, the big boys. And, like, you can see just even on his entrance, the crowd were, like, 
yo, like they they just it was like he got a good reaction, but it was like, all right, so show us something. And they didn't know what to think of him right away either, because this is just this big, monstrous black dude oiled up to the gills with knee pads and thigh pads, uh, you know, all red. And it was just like, all right, so show us what you got. And like the whole match, and I'll say this about Ahmed. Ahmed was never the most clean professional wrestler in the world in terms of how he hit stuff and all this other stuff like that. But, you know, and yes, he, he could be considered reckless like as well too. Like I'm sure people got hurt in his matches and whatnot, which I'm not condoning that whatsoever. But it was the air of like, dude, there's nothing like this guy in this time frame right now. Like him being as big as he was doing topes over the top rope. The way he was just like stomping and just throwing guys around like the way he was the the Pearl River plunge like the 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 anger man and it was it was just something that resonated at the time as something we weren't used to seeing and especially as a young black kid who didn't have a lot of people to point at other than like maybe Harlem Heat on the other channel that were like legit threats as like a as like a black wrestler Jesus Christ like I ate this up I ate this up with a spoon you know what I'm saying? I didn't even need to season it yet. And then on top of that, like, you know, he body slammed Yoko. You know how long they built to having somebody actually body slam Yoko Zuna? And on his debut, he body slams him. He's pinning guys that are, like, important on the other side. And then on top of that, he survives. Him and Shawn Michaels were the sole survivors of that match. So they let you know off the rip, this dude is about to be a player. And that's how you make somebody on a debut and he was a player like going forward when it was all said and done he probably would have stayed one too had it not been for injuries and all the other little stuff that came about but like like there was a serious time and I know people look back get weird about it or whatever it is or it's like nah it would have never happened or whatever it is but there was a serious time where Ahmed Johnson looked like he could have been like like he was first black intercontinental champion there was a, a time frame where it's like Yo, this dude could seriously be like world title contention one day. Absolutely, I, that there was sort of like the early to mid nineties, early to mid ninety six. Again, sort of early ninety seven. He was sort of tied up with the with the wars with the nation and things like that. But he, there was he was he. Am I right? If my history is correct, was he not due to face the Undertaker for the WWF title at? A cold day in hell in 1997. I believe yeah. that that might have happened, but that, but then, like I said, injury bug. Because yeah. he always had like a lot of he always had a lot of injuries going on. Not he wasn't just hurting people; he was hurting himself. He, he hurt himself. Hurt himself. Equal yeah. opportunity hurter. All right, there you go. But like, like I, I think a lot of people don't understand. Like especially like for myself, and you you can't unless your your heroes at the time that looked like you were the Coco Bewares of the day. I mean, you had Bad News Brown and everything like that, but it's like, they get hot and cold on Bad News, you know? And then, you know, you had the Ron Simmons thing on the other channel. And what he, his, his, his achievements were monumental, but at the same time, it was like, they gave it to him, and then it just kind of went away. And he never felt like the focal point when he was the guy. Like, I know a lot of people for the sake of uh, stats. I I had to talk with somebody about this the other day on my Facebook. For the sake of stats, because I had that video that I came out with recently where I talked about the significance of Kofi Kingston as WWE champion. 
Um, I know a lot of people love to throw it around where it's like, well, Ron Simmons was the face of the company, or Booker was the face of the company, and Mark Henry was the face of the company. Were they really? No. Like we and we we know when somebody's getting the rocket. Like John Cena was the face of the company. Like Stone Cold was the face of the company. Rock had his time on top as face of the company. Like we like Bret Hart and CM Punk, for instance. I think Bret Hart had his his time, but even Bret Hart sometimes I argue it because CM Punk and Bret Hart were both in the Bret Hart spot. And when I say the Bret Hart spot, Bret Hart wasn't always the main event of his own pay-per-views when he was champ. Sometimes he was he was there was sometimes where Bret was the opening match as the champion. You know, there like like Punk had that spot too. And you know there's there's times when it's like, all right, you're the rocket ship. Like, you're the first thing these people will see. You're all they can talk about. You're the guy that we're sending to all the media stuff. You're the guy that's going to be on the production truck. This and that. Booker didn't get that. King Booker didn't even get that. And King Booker was brilliant. Um, also, again, the world the world championship. Mark Henry, it was great that he got it. I love the Hall of Pain, Hall, Hall of Pain run. Yeah. He was a great bad guy. He never got as close to that ever again. After that ended up happening, and then also, it's like he was, he wasn't the face. He was a great bad guy, but he got the breakout and everything like that. Ron Simmons, it was a great moment. He was not the face of WCW. Like, that that wasn't what ended up happening. Kofi was about as close as it get because it was the highest achievement at the highest show. And on top of that, the New Day were already big brand merch sellers on top of that as well, too. It only just took it up that next level. It's what people wanted to see. And um, it went well. And, like, he did get positioned in that point where he was kind of like a big deal, and he he carried it. He carried that position well. I hate the fact that, like, I'm not even so much mad about how he lost. I'm mad about what happened after. The next week, he's oh, clapping. He just came out happy yeah. and clapping. I was like, that, that, yeah. killed, that killed the Kofi Kingston main event run more than Brock Lesnar beating him in 10 seconds. I think sure. just him, go, him just sort of reverting to type without any sense of, oh, I, I, not even the frustration of the power of positivity failed me. Like, I, now now we need to regroup and regain. It just felt like, okay, back back to where we were before. And that's the bit that's the most criminal for me is that it's almost, well, that was that was then. This is what we're doing now. Back you go. It's like no, there's there's still mileage here. There's still How a story I... to be told here. There you go. And like like taking the whole what it means to me and a race and a country out of out of context. Let's just talk about simple storytelling. How am I supposed to be taught that this means anything to anybody on your roster if the guy who had it previously before who made this big to do about the fact that he was was cast out from being even able to get close again to it for as long as he was and all the passion that he had to lead up to it and the pride that he had in being it shows no remorse or sadness or anything about the fact that he lost it and not just lost it but lost it in the time that he lost it Did, hasn't even asked for his rematch 
That's another thing. Like, like, did, don't champions get rematches anymore? There's the rematch. It used to be course. like, uh, yeah, that, that used to be that used to be the scapegoat to always get us to like three matches or something. With at least I know Randy Orton had his share. John Cena always had his and everything like that. We don't no rematch clauses or anything. We just move right on to Kane Velasquez, huh? So it's oh, like it's ever so frustrating. Yeah. Ever so frustrating. It's the details, man. And people think I don't pay attention to the details because I'm a I'm a, I'm a whimsical guy, but like, no, like I I take a look at everything. Like I always take a look at everything. I might be smiling or laughing a little bit while it's going on, but I I, I look at things closer than people give me credit for. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Go back to being the young man watching Ahmed Johnson make his debut. Uh, and, he, and as you said yourself, there wasn't many people who, as you say, looked like you who were doing it on that level. Take that person that you were, and show them what you did the other weekend at Everything Patterned. Oh, man. Uh, okay. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. My name is Shakara. I'm 19 years old. I've been wrestling for four and a half years, and I am a young black female wrestler. 55 years until Kofi Kingston. That's why it's so important that he has it now. I see fans from all walks of life that are supporting someone that looks like me. And when I'm, even when I'm at other shows, when I see something online, I see wrestlers that look like me being supported by fans that, that look like everyone. I don't care if I, if, I, if I never get my shot. Real talk, I really do not care if I ever get my shot, if the next person does. She's a tomboy. She told me uh, when she went to school, she only really hanged out with the boys and the guys, so I think that's why she got into wrestling. She's quite edgy and cool. <laughs> you will make a great addition to the card. You'll, you'll be memorable. You'll have every other championship except our top one. 
the chance to be the face. If there's a goal that I had when I entered wrestling, it would be to, to be someone's favorite wrestler, regardless of the color of my skin. So uh, you're, you're the first part, well, you're like the first, not the first person, but you're like the first interview I'll have about it. Um, oh, wow. Well, I'm, well, I'm honored. Uh, what, what a way to represent Black History Month. A belter sure. of the show with Rampage Brown there. What a boy. Yeah, like, and he, and like, you know, Rampage initially wasn't, you know, like, I, he was replacing Osmo, who, like, needed the time off, honestly, as far as it goes. Like, uh, he needed it off because, uh, and if he's listening to this, Osmo, you're very important, not just to, like, not just to people that look like you, but just to the scene as a whole. Like, you check a lot of boxes. Like, uh, you, you stay healthy. You know what I'm saying? Because we need you around. Like, like I, just want, I just want that said, like, in full clarity. Um, but, yes, Rampage Brown definitely stepped up. And um, having had a match with Rampage, it's like I completely get why he gets. People joke he's like the undertaker of the U.K. scene, and I get it. Like in terms of like respect, his his mystique, what he means to the scene, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's that guy. And they just announced that he'll be doing Ring of Honor, uh, the twenty fifth, the twenty sixth, and the twenty seventh, I believe. Uh, so he's got all three dates. If there was ever a guy that needed a contract, wink, wink, that's <laughs> that's it. Like I don't I don't understand how he's going around not having one because he's that guy. Like he he truly is. Um, but everything pattern. Um, oh God. Um, let's, let's start at the very beginning. Um, do you remember getting the call inviting you? Oh, to be part I, I of the absolutely, show? Rem- absolutely remember. And it was, uh, it was the DM inviting me. Uh, me and Roy Johnson have had a chance to get close and talk and discuss philosophies about the business and stuff like that. And, um, I, I enjoy speaking with him because, I only know, okay, I only know my experiences as an American black male. His experiences are completely different and some the same as a uh, as a black male of British descent. So now we have different talking points as these relate, but then also look at what doesn't relate as well, too. Um I'm very much a you have to you have to shut up sometimes and hear what other people have to tell you before you give an opinion, not just wait for your turn to speak. We get we have a lot too much of that nowadays. And that's why people don't understand. That's why I got to give a shout out to James Musselwhite uh, as a part of We The Independent. We've had a lot of videos and a lot of podcasts censored around uh, everything pattern and black wrestling as a whole and everything. And when he didn't know something, he didn't pretend to know it. He didn't try to act like he knew it. He asked questions. He got answers. And then he gave opinions based off of answers that he received. I wish there was more of that. We need more of that as a whole, as a human race, and we'd get further. But um, Roy mentioned that he'd be curating this show with Wrestling Resurgence. And um, he asked if I'd be there. And I told him I'd find a way to be there like um it meant everything um it meant everything to be there and when i was having a bit of a dark period in the states when i went back it was one of the things that kept me going to uh want to come back here to do that and i thank him for that 
Um, when I look at a show like Everything Pattern, it's like a big family reunion. Um, it was people that I already respected in this business. It was people that I hadn't even had a chance to get to know that I um, got to learn about. It was a statement show. And I'm happy that for his first show, he thought enough of me that if I'm going to make a statement, I'll do it. I'll do it with him on it. I need him on it. Of all the people that I could ask, I want him to have a slot on it. And um, that means a lot. Um, so I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get super deep into this, but it's, it's, it's all encompassing. We get a lot of rhetoric about how Brit rest is fine. Um, a lot of the times the people that say it are the ones that probably shouldn't be saying it. And I'll let you take that as you will. Okay. When I think of Brit rest is fine. I think of that Saturday because you have a sold out show of all people of color who didn't, and we didn't need like a name, you know, MVP I think could have been available, but, and I think he saw it and now he's, in, he's interested in being in it, which is great. And which is great. But I think it says more that we sold out a show without necessarily having a quote unquote name. Um, and it was all people of color. And people were interested in it and they wanted to see it and they enjoyed it. And some of them are even saying it's their favorite resurgence show that they've had. And it felt different being a part of a show where I'm different first because I'm American, not because I'm black. And I thought that was cool. And I very, I can't recall the last time I could feel that way about any show that I was on. I think Brit Rest is fine when you have Breed down the road running a show in an entire cave and Big Guns Joe wins their championship who is known for always being a comedy character who flipped the perception of that in one tournament and then cemented that in one match where if you want to make me a top guy of a company, I could rise to the occasion where the secondary champion is Joe Nelson, who I want to say he's, what, 17 years old? I think who, he's 17. He's, he's no age at all. Yeah, but at 17 years old, busts his ass in ways that I've seen people twice his age would never think to do and has more um, couth and respect and just general grizzledness to him than guys that I've known twice his age who've had every opportunity, who does everything that he's supposed to do right as a secondary champion, who's really grafted his way to being in position. Um, Eve, all-woman show, who, you know, have their own identity, who are out there doing the, doing, making avenues and platforms for all sorts of female wrestling. Like, to me, all those shows doing well at the same time, on the same day, with different messages who aren't trying to step on each other or take each other's crowd, but actively support each other, that says to me, Brit Rest is fine. And to me, anything else, especially the ways that it's been used, and again, you could feel some type of way about it or you don't, comes off as rhetoric 
And I'm not going to get into detail about it because I feel like people know what I mean and they hear what I'm saying. But if you want to move Brit wrestling forward, more days like Saturday are what we need. Now, getting back into everything pattern, the statement that was made for that show was that you get a lot of rhetoric around, oh, well, you say you want to see POC, but who can we go to? Who can we lean on? Who, who, like, who's really out there that we actually could uh, do something with so that it makes sense? There's not an excuse anymore. Like, a show did well, very well, and got a lot of uh, press and attention and killed it. And PLC was the name of the game on it. So, like, we're not saying that you suddenly got a book on PLC cars or, like, half the roster needs to be, but it leaves little excuse for you not to at least consider that there is talent that resonates with everybody or anybody if you just give them half the chance. To me, if, if we're going to get on the whole Brit rest is fine rhetoric, that's what I'd prefer people focus on. I, I feel like people, and I'm saying in the Tommy Lee Jones men in black sense of the term, don't know how to have a proper conversation or agree to disagree. It's just going to turn into a bunch of flaming or, Lord forbid, somebody gets canceled because I said something that they don't, that the crowd doesn't necessarily agree with. So I'm just going to say, we just need more. We need more representation, whether it be LGBTQ, POC, um, youth movement, people getting used that have been waiting, but have been waiting, but they just haven't been used properly. Things of that nature. Let's do more of that, and then we can say unequivocally that everything is fine, and we can move forward. Your third match uh, for your DVD, um, sure. but as well as uh, taking three wrestling matches, you're allowed to take with you a movie, an album, and a luxury item. Oh so, wow! So you get to so you get to take your favorite film, your favorite your favorite CD, your favorite selection of songs, and uh, an item that can be pretty much anything that'll make you feel more comfortable on the island. This 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 is starting to this is starting to sound. Remember, I told you I didn't want to come home. Really to... <laughs> You're not in a mad rush to come back now, are you, Sugar? Yeah, this is this is nice. Okay. <laughs> so nice. okay, how about a movie, Sugar? What's your movie? <laughs> The movie, uh, more than likely, if I'm if I'm if I'm running it through my head, if I'm running it through my head, is hold on, I'm I'm letting them battle it out right now. That's okay. the movie's fighting in Sugar's head. In, in my head, it is. Uh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, screw it. I guess I got. I guess I gotta. I guess I gotta run with that. Um, if I had to, if I had to run with a, if I had to run with a movie, off the top of my head. Uh, where I guess this is the one that I guess is the one that I gotta live with, <sighs> and I'm such a movie buff too, so I feel like anytime I pick something, it's it's slighting something else. But I, there, I can't win. I, I gotta I gotta go with something. Um, do I really want to do this one? Screw it. <laughs> um, screw it, because it always it always gives me the best memories as a kid. I am going to go <laughs> Transformers the movie. 1985. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. 
Yes. One with Galvatron and that's Unicron. Yeah, Unicron. Galvatron, Unicron, all of them. That's Transformers the movie for me. It's probably the most watched movie ever for me when it's all said and done. And this is a guy I've watched Cyrano de Bergerac in its original French. Um, you know, like I, I'm a huge fan of like uh, the favorite. I can watch anything from like an aristocratic drama to like high end John Wick killing. But like, yes, I want that one because it's like a comfort like. movie. Yeah, it's a. I just like good. I just like good films, and it's it's a comfort film. The soundtrack is fucking killer. Oh. Uh, see, I curse. See, I got so excited. Like, you I, know what? I, I, I know, that's that's totally understandable because as soon as you mentioned it in my head, I go to that bit where Cup is is in the piranha pit and they're playing Dare. Yeah. Oh Whoa. God! Oh, what a, oh it's that's uh, incredible. No hunger. They played hunger. They played hunger. Like that was the piranha pit oh, was the one where right, he had the. You're right. I've my memory. I can't remember where they played Dare, but they it was it wasn't there. My apologies. Dare I, came up twice, but Dare was the. Um, I want to say they did Dare. Um, when they found out Autobot City was being attacked, and Hot Rod and them had to race up to get up there, and by we ground out with any bond, <laughs> so it gave us a universal greeting, and and. Any story told by Cup is immediately hilarious, especially when he's talking about petrol rabbits. I absolutely love it. <laughs> absolutely love it. Amazing. Okay, so that's yes. your film. I'm glad you went with that one. Um, your album of choice. Uh, Purple Rain, Prince. That's not even a discussion. It's 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 literally the unskippable album. You can just play it and there it is. All the way through. Easy peasy. And how about a luxury item? Um, this is a bit of a cheat. The luxury item, the luxury item would be a uh, would be a satellite smartphone. <laughs> Who else said they were taking their phone? Somebody else recently said they were going to take their. But phone. you, but you got to be mad specific. If you just take your phone, <laughs> like there's no there's no room for there's no room for signal. Like you'll just have a you'll just have a a, a fancy MP3 player. At least with a satellite smartphone, that's I'll be able true. to do all that stuff. So yes, <laughs> okay. And Good when shout. I'm ready to get picked up, when I'm ready to get picked up, then somebody could do it. But I may never want to get picked. Plus, I still got to take booking requests. So like, I'll just give them a satellite smartphone number or whatever. <laughs> Your third and final match for your DVD. So to, to summarize, we've had um, Hogan, Savage, WrestleMania 5, a year in the making. We had Diesel and Bret Hart, no DQ, first table smashing in WWF history. What is your third and final match, Sugar Dunkerton? Modern, and it, it, it recently, very, very recently happened. Probably nobody's surprised at this, but I don't care. It's for the impact, and we're going to let it live forever. Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan, yeah. our most recent WrestleMania. 11 years, man. All I've ever wanted is a chance. For months, we have had to listen to you. The one thing that we have in common is that you know what all of this feels like. And you're scared as hell. And you should be, because you know what comes next. At WrestleMania, I beat you, and I become the WWE Champion. Let's, let's talk about it. So, you have a man who was poised to have a main event run 
way before he was supposed to have it that got pretty much dashed to the rocks and he was relegated to, oh, you'll always be like a, a fun player within the new day or like, you know, you're a great mid-card guy, upper mid-card guy, guy to make guys look good on the way up and everything like that. But now you've found your place. You're going to be the happy, fun, you're the happy, fun athletic guy that's going to um, knock out some good matches and will put a title on you from time to time. The main event is just never meant to be. Mustafa Ali gets injured. He takes his place. So it was a match he wasn't even supposed to be in. The groundswell of people showing him love was already there from like when he replaced. Uh, I think he got he replaced somebody in the like the New Day hadn't picked who was going to be their pick, I think, in the elimination chamber or something like that. Or uh, it was some match where the New Day it was the ladder match. There it was. It was money in the bank. They hadn't picked who was going to be in the ladder match yet. But when they chose Kofi, the crowd organically just, like, erupted because they were like, yeah, man, I would love to see Kofi do this. And the crowd was naturally already kind of with it. And even the members of the New Day were already about the fact that, yo, Kofi's been here long enough. Shouldn't he at least get a shot? And it was resonating. And then Kofi replaces Ali in a match that he wasn't even supposed to be in. And then Kofi does something that we weren't expecting him to do. He goes off. And when I mean like he goes off, it's like we've had happy Kofi. We've had feeling it Kofi. We haven't had, dude, I've been waiting 11 years for a proper shot. And you let me sneak in the door via this gauntlet match. So I'm about to go off. And he loses it like the entire match. Like he's performed. But he has never performed like the way that he's performing like right now. When he's letting them know, like, I've waited 11 years for this, yada, yada, you ain't going to stop me. Come on, come on. Oh, my God. I'm over here, like, losing it. Like, um, like I'm over here in the U.K. while it's happening, so I don't just have ready access to, like, cable. But I'm tracking down GIFs. I'm tracking down videos. I'm lying, cheating, stealing anything I can to go back and watch these matchups. Because it's like, I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now. And then they, the people resonate with it. The people believe in it. And what's beautiful about this is it's performance matched with realness. This is real what's happening. This is like totally like not faking it. Like this, you, you can say he put on a hell of a performance, but you know deep down this is what he really feels about this. And everything just kept becoming... He's not supposed to be here, but it worked. Let's let it go a little bit further. He's not supposed to be here, but it worked. Let's let it go a little bit further. He wasn't supposed to be in the elimination chamber, but you know what? It's resonating. Let's let it go a little bit further. Hey, we need to put Kevin Owens in this match. And yeah, they're happy to see Kevin Owens, but they're really bummed about the fact Kofi isn't in that match. Let's take it a little bit further. Hey, he wasn't supposed to be booked for WrestleMania. Not in this slot anyway, but let's let it go a little bit further. And then we get to this WrestleMania match. You know how hard it is to like be surprised by something in wrestling nowadays? Yeah. Especially because everybody everybody knows what booking is going to do or, oh, they're already planning on this match or, oh, they're already doing something. Nobody... I didn't even know this was going to happen. I wanted it to happen. I was praying for it to happen. 
I was going to be in a great mood if it happened, but I didn't know. And plus, we didn't know how it was going to happen. It's like, oh, they're just going to give him, they're going to give him a 10 minute match and then, you know, he loses to something and then it's done. Or, um, you know, they just squash him and it's done. Or they let him put in and it's done. I had so many invites to watch this match um, with other people. But I said, no, I'm going to wrestle my match tonight. And then I'm going to catch a train back to Leeds. And I just want to watch it by myself. Because knowing no matter what the outcome was going to be, I knew I was going to be obnoxious one way or the other. If he lost, I was going to be upset because it was bigger than just me. It was bigger than just him. I really wanted it for somebody. Kofi measuring the champion. Kofi did it. Kofi did it. Kofi did it. Kofi is champion. Truth be told, Kofi Kingston was one of the first people to text me when I got my shot with Impact. Kofi Kingston was one of the first people to give me feedback when I had my trial once upon a time, uh, which didn't go as well as I would have liked, but I loved his feedback that he gave me. Uh, Kofi was nice enough to take time to hit me with feedback when he totally did not have to. Um, I'm not saying that we're on a basis of like, oh man, me and him talk all the time. Like wrestlers love to do that. Like they love to drop in there. Oh yeah, yeah, we're this and that and everything. It's nothing like that. But he's always been nice enough when he didn't have to be to like show me love, give me advice, throw me a little bit of motivation when he totally did not have to. So I totally wanted to see a guy who has so many stories like that collected about him, but not just that, supremely talented, supremely charismatic. I wanted to see something like that happen for him. I wanted us as a people to stop hanging our head down and just knowing that, oh, it's a black dude getting a shot at the championship. Oh, it'll never, it's not going to happen. It'll be a fun match, but he's not going to get it. I wanted to live in a world where every other major company had had or has a black champion except the biggest company in the world that is a worldwide recognized leader in professional wrestling and in the 55 years that that championship had been a thing had yet to ever had one even though they could have had one and people love to make the argument that oh well who was good enough to be able to actually handle it I mean we could get into who was good enough to actually have it who was actually on the list but we're not going to do that. The fact mm-hmm. of the matter is they had it, and I'm not trying to be shady, and I'm not trying to be that type of guy saying it, but it's like, let's not act like everybody that's held the WWE Championship, it was some type of honor club where it's like, oh, man, only the best of 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 the best held that championship. Let's not. Like, like, like we're that's a whole nother conversation, and I'm not trying to be that guy. The point is, you know, New Japan had Bob Sapp. Ring of Honor had Jay Lethal. 
um, Impact had Bobby Lashley. Uh, at least, even if they didn't have a bunch of them, at least they had people who did it. So you can at least say that it's happened. Like, for that title, the most recognized story championship in all of professional wrestling. Oh, and let's not forget for anybody who says but The Rock. Um, when we tried to claim The Rock, everybody loves to throw that The Rock is mixed or The Rock is of Samoan heritage in our face. When we don't claim The Rock, suddenly we're a racist and we're not uh, showing respect to his black side. So it's a catch-22. So we just stopped bringing it up. Yes, Booker T, Mark Henry, uh, Ron Simmons, former world champions. Never the face of the company, and that's correct. World champion. The lineage dates back to WCW. WCW already broke that with Ron Simmons. The world title was kind of like, sometimes if we were getting into race, the world title was kind of like the title that you kind of gave over to the Rey Mysterios and the great colleagues and all that other stuff of the world so it doesn't mess with what was going on with the wwe title but not to say that wwe didn't have its share of representation we just didn't have it when it was black also for the people that love to get into the whole thing of why should it be such a big deal why should it be such a big deal why are you tripping about it why can't we just celebrate the fact that oh kofi was uh, a good enough athlete on his own or whatever it is I didn't say anything when everybody went crazy as a Latino nation when Eddie Guerrero won the championship or when Rey Mysterio won the championship. I didn't say anything when a Punjabi nation went crazy when Jinder Mahal won the championship. I didn't say anything because I wasn't alive at the time for anybody when Bruno Sarmartino was the champion. He was like the lifeblood of Italians for like the longest time in Madison Square Garden because they had somebody to point to. It hits differently for you when it's somebody that looks like you and sounds like you and knows the struggles like you do and can relate to things that you do. I can, I don't see what's so hard about that to understand um, unless you don't want to understand it. So when Kofi Kingston got his hand raised in that match, which was a beautiful match, by the way, um, it was a testament not just for hard work, because there's plenty of people that feel like their hard work has been forgotten or their chance has passed them by. I know for a fact that I feel like my chance has passed me by a bunch of times and I'm still doing this. And sometimes I still feel like an idiot for doing this, but that's not going to stop me from at least hoping and trying to see if there's something on the other side. So for those of us who I think the word you use is grafted for it or hustled or worked hard for it. Yeah, that was a hell of a story. But we're not going to negate the fact that for the first time in forever, somebody that looks like us or has hair like mine or a nose like mine or has a tone like mine or whatever actually is that guy representing it. And he's not represented as a stereotype. He's represented as himself. He's making it okay to be black, but not a stereotype. He's making it okay to you didn't get it when you were supposed to get it but it's okay, it'll come around, just keep working. There's a ton of stories that you could tell off of that. But I refuse to let anybody marginalize the impact that that has for a guy like myself who thought I would never see that with that championship. And for young kids that can come up now and not only see like a president that looks like them, 
but also a sports star in wrestling that looks like them. Because everybody don't want to be a basketball player or a football player where they got plenty of examples of that already. Some of us want to be professional wrestlers. And some of us want to know that somebody that looks like us can do it. And now we do. I don't see what's so hard about that. Whenever we've bumped into each other, it's been at shows and we've bounced back and forth. We've never had time to properly say hello. So this has been the nicest long hello I've ever had with Sugar Dunkerton. <laughs> Before I let you go, this is now your time to plug stuff that you want to shout about. Where can we send people? Where can people find out everything about you? Um. Okay. So now now we get back into happy fun time. So um, <laughs> at uh, Sugar Dunkerton on Twitter. Uh, uh, at Sugar Dunkerton F A S H O, which is pronounced for show, um, on Instagram, uh, uh, www.youtube.com/sugardunkerton. I've recently launched the show Sug, uh, hashtag Sug. Um, it's very much in the vein of this conversation that we had. It's darkly humorous. So, I I want you guys to watch it. It's it's low budget. It's from my heart. But it's some very real stuff, and um, I think it resonates with people. It's a show that's about life more so than it is about wrestling, and I think that's why it's starting to catch on the way that it's catching on. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sugar Dunkerton, a lot of good stuff there. When you buy stuff from here, it actively supports me too. So please buy stuff from there if you're saying that you want to support me because I absolutely could use the money. Like, it, it, you know, I'll never turn that down. Um, plus, you look good doing it. Uh, WeTheIndependent.com. I am one of the, uh, I'm one of the, uh, I guess, charter members of it, and as well, uh, one of the pillars of it. I have a podcast also through there, uh, Indie to Infinity, but also a part of the We the Independent family. Um, we're really trying to make some things happen in this business that need to have happened. So, if you're down for that and you're looking for change in a positive way, uh, I would support and be a part of that. Uh, I'm sorry if I got a little deep, but sometimes I think people are a little bit more about shilling and kind of like, I, I guess the best way I heard it recently is just the fact that um, at one point we, it, at one point we were, uh, at one point we were fake, as people like to put it, trying to convince people it was real. And now uh, we're real. And then we're trying to run around and convince people that it's fake. I'd rather just, keep it so real you don't know which is which anymore there's don't apologize at all for, for for getting real at all you're the realest in the room right now for lack of a better term i know i've sort hey, of paraphrased you can't tease that <laughs> oh no i paraphrased enzo <laughs> don't say it twice more you'll come through the mirror sugar thank you very much indeed for your time today it's been an honor and a privilege sir. yeah sugar loves you sugar loves you all take care 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.